It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everyone, it's the Ron Johnson Show, and I'm Ron Johnson. On today's show, we've been talking about QB2. Is he in the Vikings room? Is he not in the quarterback room? Where is he? Where did they find him, or where can they find him? Vikings QB2 talk coming up next on the Ron Johnson Show. On the field, in the broadcast booth, Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports. One-of-a-kind opinions, big-name guests, the teams you care about every, every, every day. It's the Ron Johnson Show, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota, and it starts now. Welcome to the Ron Johnson Show, and I'm your host, Ron Johnson. This is the Locked On Sports Minnesota Podcast Network. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. But first, when you subscribe to Locked On Sports Minnesota, you're getting endless Vikings talk with local experts. Sam and I talk football every day on the Ron Johnson Show. Reggie Wilson gives a sports anchor's perspective on superior sports talk. And Minnesota's football party brings together all the top Vikings podcasters in the city. Subscribe to the free Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast feed wherever you find your podcast, or find our videos on the Locked On Sports Minnesota YouTube channel. Well, today's show is going to be loaded. We're going to have Jeremiah Serrells, former Vikings offensive lineman. He's also in the Nebraska Cornhusker. So we got to talk to him a little bit about what's going on in college football. What is he up to now? He's doing something behind the scenes that could help us out on the Ron Johnson show in the long run. But first, we're going to bring Sam Extraman, my producer. As we bring Sam in, Sam, all week we've been going back and forth talking about QB2. We've been talking about this 53-man roster. We've been saying that it's probably going to be tough to carry three quarterbacks. We were saying if it did not work out where one of the quarterbacks stood out in front of the other, could they carry all three running backs? We had a, a, a vast amount of scenarios. And the minute we walked out of here, they traded for Nick Mullins. Nick Mullins. And for those that don't know, the Vikings had just played him. So they got very familiar with Nick Mullins. We, we saw David Cobb at the, uh, the Vikings 49ers game, and he's the Panthers scout. And so if you think about that, one, you can send your, your, your advanced college scouting, your pro scouting scouts out to these preseason games, or you can have your scouts with you while you're playing these preseason games and say, hey, that guy looks pretty good. We know what our defense can do, and this guy did pretty well. Should he be on our roster? And in, a, in an unprecedented move, the Vikings do it. When you look at Nicholas Clayton Mullins, uh, he played – Recently, but of course he played for the 49ers. He, uh, he also went to college at Southern Miss. He played for the Eagles, the Browns, and now the Las Vegas Raiders. But, I mean, this is a guy with uh, 630 passing attempts, uh, 4,800 yards, 22 touchdowns, 22 inter- or 26 touchdowns, 22 interceptions. Not a great ratio there. But when you look at his size, his arm strength, he's not a big, tall guy. Um, his speed, he's not a fast guy. But he's a guy that's played and started some games. And I think that's what the Vikings were trying to get at. They're trying to get at a guy that at one point started some games, uh, serviceable start in the NFL, didn't look bad. Um, and 
when you're two quarterbacks, we've all said this. They they're neither has shown us enough that one deserved to be two or the other. I thought we I think everybody thought Kellen Mond had it done. And I think if Kellen Mond had a Raiders game against the 49ers, they probably don't force this or try to make this trade. Even though the conversation probably was happening, hey, what what would you do for this guy? What would you give up for this guy? What what would you want if we wanted this guy? And then I think they wanted to see because it's like the stock market. You wait for your stock to go up before you sell or you get out before it's too late. And that's what the Vikings did. Kellerman's stock was going down. They got out before it was too late. They didn't get out completely, though, because they didn't get rid of them. They hedged their bet. So now they've hedged their bet. They've added another quarterback. They had to let go of Albert Wilson. So, again, that answered our question. I said BC was five, four and five with uh, Amir Smith-Marset. Albert Wilson, clearly, it showed it. They released him. Um, so so things are, are, are coming to fruition for, for the way we've kind of already speculated about this roster. That's the word I was trying to get at yesterday, too, speculate. I don't know why I couldn't get it out. But, Sam, <laughs> Nick Mullins, what do you think about him? Yeah, I I think he has a higher upside, more experience than either a Mannion or a Mond. He's basically played the equivalent of one season. He had 17 starts. Went 5-12 and 12 in those starts. So probably right on par with a low-end starting quarterback, high-end backup quarterback. And you might say, well, 5-12, and 12, it's a terrible record. Well, he's got five wins against starting NFL football teams. He's got six games in his career where he threw for over 300 yards. He's got five games where his passer rating was over 100. So this guy has actually done some stuff in the NFL. And if you look at his 17 games, he's got over 4,800 yards. I mean, that's mm-hmm. a pretty nice season's worth of yards. The interception total, a little too high for my liking. Um, if you look at some of his advanced numbers, they're not amazing. He's not a mobile quarterback. So it's not like you're getting a top 15 quarterback. Of course not. When you give up a seventh round pick, you're not getting an elite quarterback, but you are getting someone that has proven he can hang in an NFL setting against starters. Kellen Mond hasn't proven that. And when Sean Mannion's been in against starters, it hasn't looked good either. So I think you are upgrading and Hey, not only did they just see this guy with the Raiders run, but KOC and Kyle Shanahan were just together for like four days straight. You don't think that he picked his brain about Nick Mullins? I guarantee that happened when they were here at TCO. Right. Yeah, and that's that's the that's the secret sneaky little things that happen in these uh, week long team practices. Um, yeah, they they've scoured the earth. I'm pretty sure they looked at Kyle Schloter. I'm pretty sure they looked at a lot of guys. Uh, they looked probably to the Canadian Football League to see if there's anybody out there that they might be able to, to pick off and, and bring back to the U.S. if they don't have a contract that keeps them in Canada. Um, these advanced scouts do a lot more than we know because, I mean, if if the uh, – what was the movie with um, Bo, Bo, Bo Cruz, uh, with Adam Sandler, with uh, Anthony Edwards. Um, right. He, you know, he was a scout. Hustle. What was it? Hustle. Hustle, yeah, yeah. You know, and he was a scout. Look at look at the hotels he had to go to, the places he had to travel just to scout a couple players. The NFL is the same. These guys go all over. They scour the earth. They scorch the airlines to find their guy. And they and they got lucky and found him in Vegas. They said, you know what? We just saw this guy. And then you're right. I think KOC probably definitely with these younger co- coaches, you know, Shanahan, and these coaches aren't afraid to have conversations with each other, you know? And at the same time, not to say he would say Nick Mullins is good and he's not. You know, Shanahan's not going to lie because he looks stupid. Like, oh, he's terrible. But he started for you. 
He's, how's he terrible? You know, like, so he has to kind of be honest about him. And he probably, you know, explained to him about, you know, getting baptized by fire, just getting thrown into games. And, uh, you know, how is he in a headset with Jimmy Garoppolo? How was he as a backup? All that kind of stuff. Because that's what they're looking for. But, you know, Mannion's big, big thing was he's been around. Well, it's started games even. He knows what it takes to win some of these games. Now, you're not going to bring in a 6-3, 6-4 backup now. Um, but you possibly, if he, if he, if he gets here and he does better than Kellen Mann and, and, uh, and Sean Mannion, cause I think, I think he's going to get a ton of work on Saturday, which adds another huge talker for us on Saturday. Like Saturday's game, everybody was going to be boring, honestly, because we knew that, that the 44 to 45 were set. They're just going to get these backups in a seat. Now we can talk QB three, four, who's two, three, and four. Like who, what order are they in based off the play? From Saturday, if Nick Mullins gets the bulk of the work Saturday, and then Kellen Mond comes in and, and Sean Mannion doesn't play, it's probably those two. It's probably those two. And and you're right. Maybe they still carry three: Nick Mullins and then Kellen Mond, and they let the old guy Sean Mannion go. Now, if they get rid of Kellen Mond, I mean, again, they've already gave him a signing bonus. There's nothing much they can do. They're not on the hook for a lot. Um, it's just one of those things that happen. So, yeah. It's it's a tough business. Coming up next, former Cornhusker, Vikings offensive lineman, Jeremiah Searles. It's going to be hanging with Ron Johnson. Stay tuned. When you're a little tight for money, got a little uh, few extra expenses in life, you need some extra cash, go to the Dave app. It's a banking app that helps you get up to $500 instantly with extra cash. That's more money to fill your tank, buy groceries, get a wedding gift, whatever it might be you can finally tackle those tricky expenses that might have been stressing you out and uh, making life just a little more stressful. There's no interest and no credit check needed. Millions of people have already downloaded the Dave app to get the financial relief they need with extra cash. So if you're in a pinch, download Dave, D-A-V-E, sign up for an extra cash account and get up to $500 instantly. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com legal. Instant transfer fees apply. Banking provided by Evolve, member FDIC, future you will thank you and as promised former vikings offensive lineman jeremiah searles is going to join me on the ron johnson show in the hanging with ron johnson segment and of course we have to talk about the nebraska corn huskers he is a former corn husker uh love him for it met him when he was young with his with his girlfriend at the time i don't think i don't think they were even married yet uh but but always been a solid guy so as i bring jeremiah into the show i want to remind people Make sure you subscribe to Locked On Sports Minnesota for endless Vikings talk during the football season. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. Please leave a five-star rating and review. Tell your friends about it. And make sure you can watch all the shows on Locked On Sports Minnesota. Well, Jeremiah, man, I want to appreciate Thank you for uh, joining the uh, Ron Johnson show today. So I'm going to jump into this, man. Like, you are a former player. You were behind the camera with Nebraska, working the sidelines, doing the pregame. I, I watched you a couple of times doing the postgame. But now you have a new role in the football world. Uh, what are you doing? And, 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 of course, you gravitated to the best offensive linemen in the country, which are the Gophers. Um, I, I hear you're, you're, you're working with some Gopher football players now, or one of them at least right now. Uh, what, is, what is your new role? Yeah, you know, so once I retired in 2019, I started kind of figuring out what was next in life for me, you know, and I, once I left the NFL, I was looking at what am I going to miss about the NFL? And it wasn't the the bang in my head every day. It was the mentorship piece and being the older guy in the room and helping some of the younger guys along. 
So I thought about going into coaching. My wife put the kibosh on that real fast. And so I actually joined my agent, who um, Chris Giddings, and then Zach Zenner, who lives in the cities also, who was a former player, played running back for the Lions. And we started our own agency. And so we're an wow. agency by NFL players for future NFL players and representing them. And it's been really fun. We got our first class last year, and we're already building for next year. Man, that's huge. And so what gopher do you have now? I think you said uh, Slam Schluter. Yep. So Sam Schluter is with the 49ers right now um, is who we represent there. Um, then we had four other guys. We have Austin Allen from the uh, Cornhuskers. He's with the Giants. Josh Seltzner from Wisconsin. He's with the Colts. And then Cordell Volson, the fourth round pick to the Bengals, who's making a push to start. So pretty solid class for our first year. And we're just continuing to look to build off of that. Yeah, and you remember the day. I mean, your agent came to you at one point, sat in your living room, or called you up in your college dorm and, and wanted to talk to you about going to the NFL. Um, wh what is your, like, because, I mean, I know the movie with uh, 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 Tom Cruise, uh, Jerry Maguire. Like, what is, what is your pitch when you're going out to pitch to these young players about signing with Jeremiah Searles? Yeah, you know, the biggest thing is, Ron, you'd be surprised. There's probably about eight former NFL players that are agents, which really surprised okay. me because this is such, for me, kind of a, an easy transition into the next phase of life because mm -hmm. not only did we play, but we speak the language of that is the NFL and the collective bargaining agreement because it was our life for so long. You know, right. so the biggest thing that we pitch is, you know, we're a football first agency. So we very much are focused on football. We're not as heavy on the NIL stuff and all that. We're focused on, hey, let's get you on the field as a rookie. Let's make sure you have success as a rookie. And let me, basically, I know what it takes to do it. I've been there. Let me help you along the way and give you some stuff that I learned in year four, five, six that I can give you hopefully in year zero to give you that chance to extend your career. Because with rookie minimums going up and with guys getting on the back end, you know, if we can extend your career even one or two years in the back end, you're talking about millions of dollars on that. So, you know, the pitch is really just let me help you. Let me mentor you. Let me guide you. As long as you're focused on football and that's what you want to do and you truly love the game, then we really feel we're the best agents for you. So I know you have Sam Schluter. So did you have to roll the boat like when you met with him? I didn't have to row the boat. I'm going to fight rowing the boat as long as possible. I have a lot of respect for Coach Fleck and how he runs that program. But, you know, the inner Cornhusker in me just it can't pick up the oar. It just struggles. Wait, it cut, so let's do that again. Just answer that question again. You start yeah, cutting out. Um, so the rowing boat, just start from there. Yeah, you know, I, I, I haven't rowed the boat. You know, I, I want to. I have a lot of respect for Coach Fleck and the program that he runs there. Um, but the inner Cornhusker in me, you know, it just can't pick up that oar and row. It just can't do it. You could pick up some corn husk, though. Like it, I can, like I can hustle sure the you... heck out of some corn. <laughs> If you're if you're I, like the, the, out the to rowing. sea, if you're out to sea and you're in a boat and you have a long corn husker, like how are you going to move the boat? You know, at that point, you just you hope for the best. But if you're in the <laughs> middle of a field and you got to fight your way out, what are you going to do with an oar? Are you just going to swing that thing blindly until you find your way out? That's not how that works. We want to live in these hypothetical scenarios, there, bro. <laughs> Use it as a spear. You spear the next spear, person that comes you with your spear corn. You, you ever speared corn before, Ron? Hey, you try. You just you just make you take the thing, you sharpen it up like one of those movies where you're lost in the wilderness. You gotta, you know, kill a bear to cover yourself up. Like, hey, a or can do a lot.
<laughs> but jumping into you've never been, you in, were Nebraska. For the you've never been in Nebraska before. Have I have you? not. I've never because they, they weren't in the Big Ten, and we're going to talk about that later in Daily Three. So stick around for the Daily Three people because we got a good expansion question coming up. So I didn't I didn't deal with Nebraska. Nebraska I was a because I was a Tommy Frazier fan. Like I loved mm. that fifteen and that red jersey, the black shirt defense. Like because they were in the Big Twelve, so they never bothered me. Like they were over there somewhere. Now they're in the Big Ten, so I got to just naturally get annoyed with them. But, no, I love Tommy Frazier and uh, and Phillips and all those guys. Like, I love that team. I remember that. I remember when they played Miami. Uh, like, a friend of mine thought he was Tommy Frazier, one of our quarterbacks. So, I remember those days. Um, but, no, I've never been to Nebraska. I think I am going to go at some point because I know there's, like, a softball thing out there my daughter wants to get to. So Or me and my wife want to surprise our daughter with. So, uh, I, think, I think it's in Omaha. So, I think we're going to go at some point. Um, and check it. I think it's the College World Series, right? Isn't that in the home of Omaha, yeah. Nebraska? Yeah, they do, they do yeah. the College World Series in Omaha, which is pretty neat. Yeah, so I, I think at some point we're going to check that out. We also want to check the Women's Softball World Series out. So we, we have some stuff as she gets older. She's only 11 now, but as she gets a little older, before she gets out of high school, we want to take a couple trips uh, with just her. And, so, you know, we're trying to plan that with both our kids to split it up, give them their own time, their own, you know, thing to do. Uh, like to this weekend, for instance, I'm dating one of my, I'm taking one of my daughters on a date because my wife is her birthday. So I'm gonna let my wife go with her friends and I'm gonna take my daughters out to dinner or something. And, uh, you know, so it should be fun. But anyway, so you were at this 49ers Vikings co-practice deal where they practice together. My first question about that, you as a player, did you guys ever do that? Cause I don't remember if the Vikings ever did it back then. Yeah, we went to Cincinnati in 2016. We went out to Cincinnati. I do remember that, yeah, because Mike Zimmer was talking about perfect, like no no fighting, no yes. this. How was yes. that, though? Like, did you guys have any, like, squabbles or, or fights? Because we saw Adam Thielen kind of jump into one. Did you guys have any of that in Cincinnati? The, the one that I remember specifically was Adam Thielen got in a fight with Pac-Man Jones. And all of us were like, Adam, you don't, you don't want those problems, dude. Like, I was like, don't do that, Adam, Adam, that's a bad idea. Like we all just kind of grabbed him and we're like, that's just, if there's anyone you don't want to fight, like just walk away, Adam, walk away. Cause Pac-Man Jones has been fighting people in airports. Like he does not right. care. Like he's like, crazy. He'd beat you. He'd beat you up, Adam. We love you, Adam. We like, love you to death. Practice. That man will beat you up. Yeah. He'll find you like this whole, leave it on the football field. That's not how that man rolls. It's not how that goes. <laughs> So that's funny because so yeah, I was standing next to Adam's wife in that second fight this past week. And the first thing she said was the same thing. She's like, what is he doing? Like, what is he even saying? And so me and his agent were standing there like joking around like he's over there probably like, hey, freaking guys, get away from him. You know, like, because like, it just doesn't it, like I know he can curse because we've seen it. We've seen it with the Belichick yeah. thing. Him and Belichick got into it. But it's just so funny because his wife is like, like, Adam, like, that's not his thing. Like, what is he doing? And I told her, I'm like, you know what? Like, after two weeks of being away from your family and training camp and you're around these dudes every single day, it gets, like, you get frustrated. So the littlest thing can set you off. And I think that's where Adam was heading because he told me, I talked to him after, and he said, he's like, man, I can't wait to get home. He's like, I'm not looking forward to the kids at night sometimes. But he said, I just want to get home and get back to my normal life because he said camp life. And you know that it, it, it weighs on you. Like, it, it becomes, like, mm -hmm. long days. You're tired. Um, but from the 49ers side, because you were, or you kind of watch both, but from the 49ers side, looking at your mm -hmm. client, looking at the offensive line, how did they do versus like Daniil Hunter and those defensive linemen for the Vikings? Well, first of all, Trent Williams is hands down the best left tackle in all of the NFL. I mean, it's not even close. He is so fluid and so good, and he can just do anything he wants. I mean, when I talk to young players and I go, yeah, what players do you like watching the NFL? They're like, oh, I love watching Trent Williams. I'm like, that's great. 
don't do anything he does because you can't like there's not many people that can emulate what he does and do it successfully you know but I thought that the defensive line held their own against that pretty talented front now granted McGlinchey didn't play and they they swung some guys in there but I thought up front you know that switch to the three four first of all is extremely weird for me to look at a Vikings defense not see four down linemen couple yeah. linebackers two high safeties like the whole revamp looks looks really good but you know for the most part i thought you've heard a lot of explosive plays going off of from the minnesota vikings offensive side of the field there mm-hmm. wasn't a lot of coming off the niners side right there wasn't the big explosive run or the long ball there was a few but for the most part i really felt like this vikings defense held their own against this 49ers offense it has a lot of firepower to it Right, yeah, because everybody talks about physicality, you know, of the 49ers. And maybe with Hughescheck and, and, and Kittle, you know, Shanahan's not trying to show too much, you know, because he's like, hey, look, we've been doing this for years. I'm not the new coach. This guy is. So maybe he held back on some of his shifts and motions because, you know, Brandon Ayuk and, uh, and Debo Sammy, like, we know he has some trickery up his sleeve. So mm-hmm. I'm guessing he probably held it back to this practice because he's like, look, I already know what we can do. Like, we don't need to get into this. Um, and he's saving the big plays for the season. Uh, but when you look at Kyle Shanahan versus KOC um, as a player, when you're going from Mike Zimmer to Kevin O'Connell, what kind of mindset do you think this offense now has, you know, or offensive line even, knowing that their head coach is in these meetings with the quarterbacks and the linemen going over protection schemes, going over checks? Uh, like, what does that do for you as an as offensive lineman? Yeah, you know, it, it's just, it kind of varies. And as you know, it really just depends on who your head coach is, a defensive guy or is it an offensive guy. You know, so mm-hmm. for having KOC being an offensive guy, it does put a little bit more onus on the offense, right? Like the day of practice will be judged on how the offense did, not how the defense yeah. did versus with Zimmer. Yep. If we've been out there and beat the <laughs> heck out of the defense, practice was terrible. But if defense had a good day, it was like, good job, good work today, boys. You know, so it's just flipped. <laughs> You know, so I think that having a guy like KOC that you can really understand his philosophy. And I think that he's done a really nice job of bringing in coaches that are, I mean, I think of Chris Cooper, right? Former players that understand what the limitations of a player is, right? If you played the game, you're not going to ask someone to do something that you would not have been able to do by a schematic Mm -hmm. point. So for offensively, you know, they're going to go to the quick passing game. They're going to want to get the ball out of the hands. And then they still have Dalvin Cook. I think that this offense from the guys that I talked to, guys like Brian O'Neill and even Thiel a little bit, there's a lot of excitement for this offense as far as what they can do because I feel like they're still thinking they've only scratched the surface, right? Through OTAs, through training camp, everything's installed. But as things go, you start to refine things more and then you put more wrinkles off of the things you do well. So where one of play that you're running really well, you run it out of three different formations or a couple different personnel groupings, but it's still the same concept. And I think that Kevin O'Connell is going to do a great job of mixing those guys around because, again, you talk about a lot of firepower on the Niners. The Vikings have just as much, if not more, firepower on this offense. Well, yeah, well, there you have it from Jeremiah Searles. Up next, me, Jeremiah, and Sam. We're going to jump into the Daily Three. This is the Locked On Sports Minnesota Podcast Network. Stay tuned because here we go. Up next, the Daily Three. That's three questions, three minutes each. Take it away, Sam. You got it. Um, let me tell you about Bet Online real quickly. BetOnline.net, fastest and easiest way to get all your sports info and wagering information. They've got NFL lines, NBA lines, MLB, golf, everything you can imagine. BetOnline.net is your source for everything sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. Uh, Jeremiah, I'll give you the first crack at this. I am curious. Coaches and players that you used to either play under or play with, who do you stay in touch with? 
nowadays. Uh, you can get one name, couple names, whatever you want. Uh, so Coach Pelini, um, I stay in touch with him quite often. He's my head, uh, head coach at Nebraska. Uh, talk with him quite often. He's actually doing a podcast with his son now, which is pretty neat. Um, and then as far as former players, you know, uh, Ike Bucker from the um, Bills, he's an offensive lineman. Um, and then also um, every now and then I do reach out to um, our guy. Um, oh, my gosh, I'm drawing a blank. CTE's kicking in here. Uh, Case Keenum. Case Keenum from the Vikings. I reach out <laughs> to Case Keenum quite often to stay in touch with him. Him and I have a pretty cool story. He actually baptized my wife and I at an event um, at the NFL. So love that guy. Whoa. Whoa. Pastor Case Keenum. Wow. <laughs> that way to hide the lead there. Way to bury the lead. Like, did he mm, did he baptize you too? Yeah, we were at a conference in uh, February down um, in it's called PAO Professional Athletes Outreach. Former all NFL players invited. It's a big Christian conference, and uh, he was a big reason why we were there. And my wife and I accepted Christ together that day, and he baptized both of us. It was really cool. Wow, I mean, because I've been to a bunch of them now, um, and so, so there's different kinds. Some pastors now just wear the T-shirt that says, you know, making a choice for God or whatever. And then mm -hmm. some you see come out in the full white outfit. They get into the lake. They do the lake baptism. Like, was he in the full like white pastors deal, no. or was he just like in a t-shirt for the conference and some shorts? He was just and, in a t-shirt. Yeah, he was in a t-shirt, and he he needed a little help getting my big butt out of the water. So I was just gonna in, say I, that. Yeah, he needed a little help pulling me out with a little extra drag that he had, but he did it. <laughs> he made it. Because I remember that was my nervous. person. He's a very credible person to do something like that because he has been at the center of a miracle before, the Minneapolis miracle. So he does have a little extra credibility with that. I was nervous about the baptism thing. With my size, I was that was the one thing I was like, man, if they drop I always like as a kid growing up, I always thought I was gonna drown or something. So I like I waited and I gotta do it again because my life since I was twenty one has totally gone up and down. Hmm. But I know when I was twenty one when I did, that's why it took me so long, is because I was so scared to like drown swallow water like it was just all this weird like i had no idea i'm like man what if they don't bring me back up because the lord hasn't come yet like i had all these like weird like thoughts about it as a kid so it like scared me so me and my sister actually got baptized at the same time i was 21 and i think she was 20 at the time um but i definitely know i need to rededicate you know my life back to christ mm -hmm. I've, I've i haven't said that to my wife or my kids but every time i go and i see them I'm like, man, I need to do it again. Uh, one, for my family to see it, but two, for me mentally, because it does do something for you mentally to kind of really just say, you know what? Like some of the stuff, the dumb stuff I do when I'm not being around people, like I, I need to control that. Like, you know, and I need to make 100%. an outward, you know, expression for Christ. But, you know, not to not to jump too far into this one, that, that we could have a whole segment on I'm that. I'm all in on it. But next question, here we go, Sam. Yeah, college football rankings. So ESPN ranked all 131 D1 teams, and they did it in 24 tiers. So we've got a Husker here. We've got a Gopher here. Let's see what the tiers are. The Gophers are tier 7 of 24. The Huskers, tier 11 of 24, and Ron is raising the roof. So Jeremiah... Uh, give me a, a minute and a half here on the outlook for your Huskers this year. Do you think tier 11 is about right? I think it's fair for where they're at right now. Everyone that wants to say otherwise, they're wrong. We've won three or four games the last four years. We can't say all of a sudden we're the next coming. However, I will say we have got a lot of pieces added, right? We have Coach Whipple, his whole staff in, whole new offensive staff. You bring in Casey Thompson from Texas. You have Palmer, Trey Palmer, a stud wide receiver come in. We had a lot of transfers come in. So there's a lot of uncertainty, 
but there is a lot of momentum building into this year. We will find out on Saturdays, they take on the fighting cats there in Ireland um, for week zero. But, you know, I think that's a fair place for them right now. I do think, however, they will move uh, up the tier and they will move up those tiers possibly further than the Gophers this year, but we shall see. <laughs> I love it. Um, I, I think tier seven for the Gophers say, I mean, they, they were 22nd right now in the country. They got a couple votes. Uh, so they're up in there. I think the biggest thing for the Gophers is going to be Mo Ibram running the ball. Uh, they have a six year quarterback in Tanner Morgan who doesn't turn the ball over, maybe a little bit too conservative. He's kind of like Kirk cousins with Mike Zimmer. It's time for him. Now he has Kirk Sharaka back. So maybe he'll get back to his Rashad Bateman, Tyler Johnson days, and just let the ball fly and don't worry about where it lands. Um, or don't be so worried about where it lands. But yeah, I, I think for the Gophers being seven, it's going to be primarily based off this running game. You look at all the running backs they kept, even though they did lose Bucky Irving. Um, they still have a bevy of backs in that backfield. So, and we had Kenny Burns on running backs go for the Gophers on the pod. And he talked about just the leadership from Mo, what he did hurt, you know, for guys to see a guy with a torn Achilles who could be in the NFL, stick around, around the team all week. Uh, coming out to every game, going out for the coin toss, you know, willing to still be a captain. Uh, I think that's huge. And so you, you see that. And now the Gophers now have unveiled their black uniforms. I think that might be part of it. They are now the black shirts. Like Nebraska is no longer the stop black it. shirts of the Big Ten. Stop it. <laughs> wow. Don't you ever Fighting say words. that ever again. You the Gophers got the right black now. jerseys. They're coming out this year. Easy. Black jerseys, black pants like Bane. They're going to pull the mask down because we were born in the dark. Y'all just adopted it. Run game, Ron's going to be really predicting on that O-line. They brought lost four yeah. starters last year, but they bring back one of the best centers in college football. So that'll be something to keep an eye out. But I do agree with you. The run game will be so big. Yeah, you're right about the offensive line. Like, that's going to be the tough thing about. But they did get the kid from Notre Dame to transfer in. So I think that's going to be And the kid help. from Michigan. And the kid from Michigan, yeah. So they got some older guys. This transfer portal has actually been a little bit of a help to us uh we could have another question about the transfer portal because man there's a lot of college we got to get you back on there's a lot of college stuff we could talk about but this next question i'm excited because i heard your pre-answer that the fans didn't get to hear <laughs> so i'm loving this one yeah can i steal 30 seconds from this one i just want to know because of the the news story with the scott frost saying that the offensive linemen are puking at practice did you ever puke oh, yeah. in a nebraska football practice I mean, not at practice during summer conditioning, sure. But, I mean, here, I tweeted about it. I got in trouble for it, but whatever. I don't think you should have guys puking eight days before a game. That's just me. That's my personal opinion. Not stamped by the rubber stamp at the end or anything like that. That's just my personal opinion. Would the team reach out to you and say, hey, dude, calm down? Uh, they didn't reach out to me, but I had multiple people that tweeted at me that were like, you shouldn't be bringing this negative attention. It's like, it's not negative. He said it. Coach Frost said it. It's not negative right. attention when it's a quote. <laughs> we don't want to get you in trouble again. I'll get to the next question. College football expansion. Big 10 is adding uh, USC, UCLA to the conference. Probably more coming pretty soon. Jeremiah, your thoughts on the Big 10 going coastal? Trash. I think it's total trash. <laughs> you know, I, I, I hate it. I hate it so much. You know, I thought that when they brought in Nebraska and it was like, okay, we're staying a little Midwest, still Big 10. But, I mean, you're seeing what it's turning into. It's going to turn into two mega conferences. It's going to be the Big Ten. It's going to be the SEC, right? The SEC is going to go grab Clemson, and they're going to go grab all these other schools. And then it's going to be two mega conferences and then everyone else, the others, right? You'll just have the others. Yep. So I'm not a huge fan of it. I get it. It's a money thing. And if we don't do it as a Big Ten, some other conference is going to do it. But, you know, I think it's going to hurt college athletics, not just college football. 
I think it's going to hurt college athletics as a whole. I mean, you start talking about women's sports or some of the group of five and all that stuff. And I'm a big college athletics fan. I think that the fairness and all that is really important to it. So I'm not a huge fan of it, but also I think the uh, USC, UCLA, whoever else joins, they're in for a bit of an awakening when they join the big 10. Oh yeah. I agree with the awakening, but I like it because (laughs) 7.5 billion dollars and you're you know kevin warren we both know him our mm-hmm. guy kevin warren is out there behind the scenes i gotta talk to i i can't say who but i talked to some vikings inside sources um that talked about their mls signing and they had just signed like a i don't know 68 something million dollar deal or 230 million dollar deal with the mls down in florida they were like hey we're gonna televise some mls games now and the you know the aurora with the with the minnesota team and then <laughs> They said the next day Kevin Warren comes out with $7.5 billion. They're like, dang, can we get a week, Kevin, to like talk about the MLS and our, our TV deal? And you come out with a $7.5 billion deal. Um, but Kevin Warren is working it. And so this is what I'll say. And you're an agent now, so you, but you, I'm pretty sure you'll find your way on TV somehow. That adds TV for us, Jeremiah. $7.5 billion means they're going to try to get as many games on TV as possible. So they're going to be looking to add all kinds of different like interview people and analysts, and they're going to want to get expose behind the scenes, game day footage. I mean, 7.5 billion, that's one and some change billion dollars a year to the big 10. And so that, and I think they're trying to combat the NIL of the sec. They got to figure out a way to put more money into some of these players pockets through TV commercials through whatever it's going to be. So I'm greedy, of course, like I like the money side of it. Uh, I don't like the travel to UCLA and USC, but I think UCLA right now is an easy win for a lot of these Big Ten teams. Um, they're not the USC of old. and But Penn State, I, we had Spice Adams on. He hates it too because the Penn State having to go to California and vice versa. Like That's going to be a long trip for them to go across the country on a Friday afternoon just to turn around and play on the Saturday and get right back on the plane and come back. So I get some of that, but I see Oregon, Stanford. Uh, Texas, maybe like a lot of those teams are now like, you know, Kansas, Kansas State. They're looking at the Big Ten like, hey, well, hey, if you want to get to 20, let's do this because clearly the Big the Big 12 can't hold TV contracts. Uh, Notre Dame is looking now because they're like our NBC deal looks real stupid now. When you guys got seven point five billion or, you know, we're not going to be left out in the cold where, you know, these guys from the the WAC and all these other divisions. Yeah, it's going to get tough for the recruiting for them, too. Mm-hmm. Like if I could pick between Nevada yeah. Or Nebraska, I'm probably going to go to Nebraska because you guys have a better TV contract. You have more televised games. Um, I mean, yeah, it's the facilities are going to get better now because the ADs are about to get a ton of money in this next two three years. It's gonna, it's gonna, everybody's gonna want that LSU facility. But I want to thank yeah. Jeremiah Searles for joining us on the Ron Johnson Show. That's Sam Maxstrom. That's Jeremiah Searles. I'm Ron Johnson. We got Matt DeBritz working the channels back there. I'm gonna appreciate everybody. This is the Locked On Sports. Minnesota Podcast Network. This is the Ron Johnson Show. Please make sure you like, subscribe, comment. Let us know what you think about what Jeremiah Cerro said. Is this trash? Is this move trash for the Big Ten to expand? Or is it a good move financially? And also, let us know what you think about the Nebraska Cornhuskers throwing up. What would you rather have in a fight? An ore or a piece of corn? I don't know. You tell me in the comments. Let us know. But have a great day. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad 
free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.